Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Samstag. 16 Uhr. Alex. Das Ereignisradio. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Alex. Um, and we didn't come up with a good translation for Ereignis Radio. Event Radio, Event, maybe. Yeah. Now that we talk about it, I find, an, I find something. Well, welcome. Uh, we'll be covering some stuff of the Radio Days Europe 2013. We have some excerpts from some panels. We have interviews with uh, people who did panels. And um, it's going to be a jolly hour. It's going to be good stuff. And uh, my name is Lele. I have the wonderful Natalie with me here tonight. Hello. And... Um, First off is the biggest question of all, you know, uh, what are the radio days and uh, how did they start? Well, it started in Scandinavia. We, we come from Norway and Sweden, but actually also Denmark was involved. And uh, we made this kind of radio days together, commercial radio and public stations in Scandinavia for a couple of years, where we also had cooperation between the th three countries. So um, people started saying to us, you know, you, you have one of the best conferences in, in the world here in Scandinavia. Why don't you do something on a European level? And then we decided just to do that. And it has been a very big success since then.
a certain stage, the Americans had a lot to teach European commercial radio. Today, the innovation is more happening in Europe than in the States. So it's, it's a very good place to work with radio here. And then we hope that more people from overseas come by and by. Rolf Brandhut and Anders Held, the organ organizers, organizers, project uh, managers. Pro thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. I kind of stood on something there. Um, they were so kind to come by during our show um, back at the during the radio days on the Monday, the 18th, and uh, talk to us about the radio show and the radio show. Oh God, the radio days and all about it and it was great having them talk with us and um, it was a pleasure i think we can say that safely um i think we are all sure that uh radio music go together like pancakes strawberries and sweet delicious cream and that's just uh, a wonderful picture <laughs> yeah i know it's, it's true though like yeah. without ra without music radio would be could be really boring and without radio music probably would have died about Ten years ago, during that time when uh, file sharing came up and all that jazz. And um, so my perception was that the music industry didn't, didn't do so well. You know, because all I see is like, piracy and we don't make any money and, and put them all in jail. And it's all very like a panic feeling is, is what, I, what I got from it. And um, so Tony Wadsworth did a in music industry keynote. He's head of the British phonographic industry, if I remember rightly. And um, he talked at the very beginning about the uh, state of the music industry and how they're doing. And surprisingly, they're not doing so bad. In recent years, the stories of doom and gloom uh, have been prevalent in the music industry and very, very loud. The tales of record store closures and the consolidation of labels have left the impression that recorded music as a business is in terminal decline. Well, I'm here to tell you not only that that is not true, but that the signs for the future have never been healthier. So economics will tell you that the simple way to look at any industry is to look at demand and supply. So the demand for music has never been higher with music fans wanting to consume music in more places and in more ways than ever in the history of recorded sound. We want our music not just in the home, but when we travel and when we get there, essentially wherever we are. And not just a small selection of music. Increasingly, consumers want to be able to access anything from potentially millions and millions of tracks at the touch of a button. Music is an ever-present soundtrack to many people's lives. On the supply side, the routes to market have never been more plentiful. As well as CD, we have on-demand downloads, we have streaming services, we have subscription services available to the consumer through tablet devices, smartphones, and connected devices in the home, such as Sonos, or smart TVs, powered by 3G and 4G networks and super-fast broadband. And our close friend, the radio industry, where is that in all of this? Well, we were reminded last week at South by Southwest in a report that Billboard magazine uh, reported from a, uh, that a worldwide survey covering a million consumers 
said that terrestrial radio is still by far the, the way that the vast majority of people discover new music. And of course, the traditional CD, the physical music format, still provides the lion's share of revenue that comes into the global music industry. So we obviously should not neglect the traditional parts of our business. But, and it is a very, very big but, the picture is changing and the picture's changing very, very rapidly. So what's been happening? At the turn of the century, when file sharing became a reality and it was the new fun way for people to find the music, the music industry found itself very much behind the curve as we grappled with how to create a new business in the online world. It wasn't easy competing with free. Some people even suggested that that was the end of the concept of paying for recorded music and that music would have to be distributed for free and that artists, writers, labels, producers and so on would have to find other ways of earning their money like through advertising or live performance or maybe getting a proper job. But we've come a long way since then. The world has changed and the music industry has learned that to survive you have to change with it. We couldn't have got to this point if we'd simply buried our heads in the sand and focused on protecting our old ways of doing business. To get to this point, a point where I think we're on the cusp of a huge surge in the growth in music revenue, record labels had to reinvent themselves. And that's not easy in a declining market when you still have to keep one eye on your traditional business, as that's where the revenue is. So labels have had to downsize, have had to lose people, while their workload has not only increased, but the makeup of the workload has changed beyond all recognition. Jobs exist in labels today that were never contemplated 10 years ago. The record label has shown itself to be a resilient organism that has adapted to the new marketplace in many different ways. Some have worked and some haven't. I have to admit, I'm kind of uh, relieved that they're doing good. I, was, I wasn't surprised. I was uh, surprised by hearing it that way, like he says it. Mm. Like we, uh, we consume music on our way to, to work, at home, school, um, just anywhere. Yeah. And um, I knew it before, but when he said it, it was like, oh, yeah, right. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you see, it's, you, it's you realize it in another yeah. way. It's good to have someone tell you things yeah. you already knew <laughs> in a very professional yeah. matter. It, it helps. Yeah. It really does. Um, he also talked about the role of radio, which is, I think, where, which is uh, a little more interesting for us right now, as we are, I mean, sitting in the radio studio. Um, so let's, let's take a look at that before we, we go uh, in depth into taking apart his keynote. Not really, but a little bit. Are you confident that radio is still best place to help promote new artists? Um, is radio still an important part of the marketing mix? So record companies and radio stations, that relationship is set in stone. It's a special relationship. What, what, what radio and, and record labels have got in common is that they're full of people that A, love music, and B, understand music. And as long as they are full of people that have those skills, then there's going to be a bright future. And so I am confident that radio is a major, major factor in, in getting new music across to people, yeah. 
Sometimes radio can play too safe. I think you win big by taking risks. And um, you, need to, you need to make an impact. You need to, you need to sometimes you know, shock people yeah. in, in what you're doing. And I think by pl just playing music which is already known, is already successful, is, is fine on one level, but I, I just think that there is, there's a lot more to be gained by, by taking risks, by bringing new names to the forefront. What do you think about that? That radio has to take risks sometimes? Um, I think it's right, because when you just hear songs you already know on radio, it gets really boring. Yeah, still, but like the songs, the new songs you hear once in a while, they kind of sound the same as the songs you already know. Because, they, because mm -hmm. the, the musical direction doesn't change. You know, mm. if you listen to pop music, you will hear more pop music. Not that pop music is a bad thing. There's a lot of different pop music out there, though. Like, there's uh, the things we, we hear every day, like uh, Rihanna and all that jazz. And then there's, for example, the Heartbreaks, who come from uh, Great Britain, and they make pop music. But it's a very different kind of pop music that you don't really hear mm like in a normal radio station. Yeah. So there is there's still places to go, as he says as well, that there's a that there's space and that you can't really gain anything if you don't take a risk most times. I guess the music industry kinda learned that when they were shelled up in their nice little place and then things <laughs> changed and they didn't didn't really get on quickly with reacting. Yeah. But I think it's also important to mention that he said um it's still really important to promote new artists through radio and uh, that uh, radio is still a medium which is very important for new artists mm -hmm. so um, yeah still a big role from radio yeah it's cool it's good to know yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing yeah um, <clears throat> so like huh so what, what 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 would you think if he says promote new artists you know and there's there's more new artists, I guess, than there ever were before mm -hmm. because of the internet, because of the, the way they can promote themselves, because of the possibilities, simply. And he talks about that, I think, in the next segment we have about how everyone, if they wanted to, could make an album. But um, how, like, I feel at the same time as there's so much space for new artists to grow, um, I have the feeling that it's gotten harder for them to, to get recognized by anyone because there's so many of them. You know, there was a keynote by um, two radio music programmers, mm -hmm. um, and one of them said that, like, they were asked what they do when people send them their own music, and they kind of laughed it away and didn't really answer it because I guess it was uncomfortable. But I, it, it gave me the impression that they don't really look at it, and they put it away because it doesn't come from a label, it doesn't have the certificate of, of this, is, this might be good, I mean, there's, uh, of course, there's probably shit music. In yeah, but I think it depends well. on the radio station. Like, if, if it's the, um, the spirit of the radio, radio station to find new artists which are maybe have no label or, let's say, community artists who look in the community who makes music, who is cool, <laughs> like this. Yeah. So it's, um, I think it, it's depend it depends very much on the spirit of the radio. Like, when a radio station just wants big hits, sure they won't listen to any tape they got <laughs> uh, no, at the same time you have the the big radio stations are all those hit stations aren't they 
like the really big ones. Yeah, I think so. So the ones with the most reach yeah. are the ones that, that won't listen to your tape when you send it to yeah. them. Yeah, right. So I guess that's a little problem. Yeah. But at the same time, um, the small community radio is, is, I guess it's growing a bit. And I it can know. be a brand for a small radio to uh, pick up artists from the area. Just um, it can be their brand, their, their image. Stick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are going to go into a risky territory as well <laughs> with uh, supporting a, not supporting, playing a little rap artist from, uh, I don't know where they're from. This is Diligence featuring Adlib with a song called Still Here. Kids, you need to grow up. I don't want to grow up. Get a job and tax cuts. I don't want to grow up. Kids are bound to get stuck. I don't want to grow up. But still, sometimes I drink a whole bunch and throw up. Stress and emptiness, no, it ain't enough to stop me. I've been a lot of places, but it ain't made me cocky, cuz most these fools love to run their mouths, but still feel so quiet no matter how loud they shout. So I stay diligent, ill of them, most of them packaging CDs with mostly fillers and lives that ain't their own, but I swear that it's me. Whether I'm singing to myself or a crowd of 50, if you're tuned and listening or truly in need, I hope you can't just sit and let this record bleed and use your mind to dig deep in these lines. And if y'all just slept on me, I ain't wasting my time cause it's just something I do so I don't feel insane at my desk on a page at a fest on a stage express pen of rage or relax and refrain like ace on a plane just passing my days cats is all crass and no brains hit the grass and press play in a masterful way just a fractal of frame scattered expanding away distracted inhabitants planted on planet circle birth dates the first day of the rest of my life filled with laughter and hype after the strife looking dastardly like grappling hooked to the mic with absolutely no end in sight psych the way that i'm living is straight blazing this piff and keeping it real never changing my vision see i'm Taking all these fakers and gimmicks and placing all their greatest ambitions in a state of remission. Shit, making a difference, I'm apathetic. Mad kinetic energy from now until forever. Yo, I never wanna grow up, that's why I'm speaking out. I don't wanna play the game and be another sheep to count. I'm breathing out, weed about to leave the ground. I keep a G and I don't need a bush to beat around. I'm so real, you feel? Never fraudulent, hip hop, partisan, spit bars larger than life. Go hard like concrete carved with a knife. Bomb green in the Philly, find me. Living my life, I grind hard when I get on the mic. Never have stepping cash, getting cats, repping 301 daily. Yeah, I put it down for my town, see where I'm from. The music in the weed, both loud, blow clouds at the air. Living so free, no cares till I'm gone. Looking back, like, damn, I don't wanna grow up. Have to sit up at a desk, shit, I'll probably go nuts. I'd rather sit up in the lab, just kick it and roll up. Smoke blunts till I'm gone, like, peace, motherfucker, know what? Kids, you need to grow up. Get a job and tax cuts. I don't wanna grow up. Kids are bound to get stuck. I don't wanna grow up. Uh huh. Kids, you need to grow up. I don't wanna grow up. Get a job and tax cuts. I don't wanna grow up. Kids are bound to get stuck. I don't wanna grow up. But still, sometimes I drink a whole bunch and throw up. Yup. Diligence and the album is called Post Consumer, and I found it through a blog. I found it on the interwebs. <laughs> and it was free and legally so. So I did not break any laws when I downloaded it. Because the dude who put it out, he said, you can have it. And if you want to, you can give me some money. Which is a alternative, like, kind of, I don't, I don't know if it's a business model. Yeah. Well, it's crowd sharing. I guess it's very uh, popular these times because they have many platforms. 
um, where you can present things and uh, if you really like it and you enjoy it you can uh, you can give them money mm. it's a good alternative i feel yep. sometimes um so mr wadsworth how important is digital media for the music industry music is dominating these social networks this ability to drive social media as an integral part of a marketing campaign has given labels another weapon in their armory and made them continue to be the main route for an artist to get their music to market. Don't forget that in recent years, some people in the media questioned whether labels would continue to exist in the digital world where anybody can record a track and share it around the world without leaving their bedroom. Labels have clearly demonstrated that there is a lot more to it than that. And by developing their expertise, and networks of contacts to embrace digital and everything that comes with it, they've made themselves more necessary than they ever were. In the UK this year, music is going to be, as I said, a majority digital market, with more than half of our revenues coming from digital. The 10-year market decline that we've experienced is going to reverse, and thanks to the industry's embrace of new ways of doing business, and new technologies, we're going to start to enjoy the commercial rewards that come from giving the consumers what they want. Giving the consumers what they want. That's a really interesting thing to say. Because my personal experience is that they're doing, uh, that the music industry might be doing this right because it's somewhat of a simpler concept. You just have to give them the music. But um, it's the thing that other people should look at and be like, this is what we should do. This is how we should do business. I'm looking at you, games industry. I'm looking at you very <laughs> closely. I got you in my eyes. Anyways, digital takes up almost 50%, 50% of the British music market, which is, that, that's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And it's all thanks to one little dude with the name Jobs and uh, this little device he put on the market just a few years ago. Ten years by now, right? Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Really. Yeah. We still have one at home that is black and white <laughs> and has, uh, it, it needs to be charged constantly on the dice. But, uh, it Which has, is good it, for ten years. It, it, it's great. <laughs> it's probably the only Apple product yeah. that's lived this yeah. long. Right? But um, that's a different, <laughs> different discussion. Um, what is interesting, though, is that um, labels, like labels and radio, are two very important things for artists to come into the world of people, obviously. And not only that, but you need radio to get to a number one spot, and you need a label that puts you on the radio. So these two things are very important if that's the kind of ro route, route you want to take with your music, with your band, or whatnot. Everything else still works. I mean, as I said, we play Diligence, who's, uh, I don't know, the skater dude from some city in America. Mm. And, um, but we're not going to get him on, <laughs> on, like, the billboard charts. Yeah. You know. Um, but maybe some person likes, thinks, <laughs> thinks, it, think, thinks, oh, my God, that's a very cool song. I'm going to download it or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's always the goal, right? Yeah. Make so the audience happy. How would you how would you um, subscribe the next song? Oh, it's very um, uh, risky 
Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Here's water if you want. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's a very cool song. It's not we are um, let's say in radio. It's not very usual to hear something like this, and it's uh, called "About You" from XXYY XX. Or double X, double Y, double X. Yeah, whatever. Sniruve Rufi 
XXYYXX about you. How did you find that song? Um, I am uh, a member of um, the university radio here in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And um, the people from there played it in one show and from from this show I know it. And then you fell in love. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. And do you know how they found it? By like Oh no, I, but uh, but they are very music nerds. I think <laughs> they search everywhere and find everything. So <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, like um, how important social media, for example, has become in that. That I do remember times when I had no idea when an artist would put out the next album, and now it's like you, you know get it. Twenty five <laughs> messages <Yeah>. every <laughs> minute about hey, dude, 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 look <laughs> at this, look at this album, a new album. You can <laughs> buy it here, 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 here. Yeah, it's cool. And it that may be two months before the releases. Nah, I can't buy it then. Those are different channels. Um, <laughs> what what I'm saying is that there's a, that the like the the distance between the producer and the consumer has been like has been shortened by a lot. Like it's you're lot you feel at least a lot closer to the people, yeah. uh, which is cool and sometimes a little bit creepy um, because you listen you hear things you don't really want to know. Um, but it's good, good to have that um, that connection with them, the possibility to talk to them, maybe to have them talk to you, and uh, it. I think it's it's really good for them in some parts because they can advertise their things for free without annoying you, really, because you don't have to click anything away. It's just there. Yeah. And um, at the same time, I guess for them, it's like they have to talk to every single fan, and I think <laughs> fans can be very annoying sometimes. Yeah. And if you're late one day, that's not so cool. Yeah, they, they really don't. How you find your music? Um, most word of mouth is important for me. I don't I don't get too much to radio, but like, I do have a, a set of set of places I go to regularly and look at music. Yeah. And uh, I have noticed that I'm kind of right now. I have my my little pool of music that I draw from, and there's n there hasn't been really any new additions to that lately. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, friends' recommendation is very important. Yeah, and you can do that through social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you use something like uh, Last FM or Spotify? Yeah, yeah, Spotify. Um, Spotify is, is is a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Um, I could do without the commercials, but I do <laughs> listen to it for free. So I guess those are uh, a given. They have to be there. Uh, one thing I wish they do is um, kind of check what kind of music I'm listening to and then play a commercial that builds on that. So if I listen to mean metal music, I don't want some um, some soothing beats in between that tell me that the new soothing beats playlist is done and I might be listening to it. <laughs> like, no, I'm listening to people screaming right now. I don't need beats. You know, there's... Different yeah. sets of minds. That's the future, Lele. That's the future, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I guess. Because that's that would be the next step for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they already have mood playlists, yeah. so they, I guess, they could detect that. Mm. But I could also see why they wouldn't bother trying to persuade me to get some to pay for it, because there's just too many of these people. It's it's a strange thing. Um, do you use this uh, button called uh, similar artists or something? No. Mm. I, I one, one thing I do is, you mentioned last FM. Yeah. I sometimes go in and say my music collection radio. Yeah. 
and or like and then or there's the radio button for stuff that um is close to the stuff yeah. i listen to yeah you know so i i pick a certain artist and then play his radio kind of and get artists that are close to that and i found nice mm -hmm. nice music through that a lot of it yeah some comes through through podcasts and stuff there was a um there used to be like i really like japanese music sometimes and rock music and stuff and there used to be a podcast called j-rock j-r-a-w-k and that one closed down but the last one he did was a four hour uh travel through japanese rock music history wow and <laughs> that was amazing you find so many amazing things on the interwebs yeah um how do you like do you still buy cds because i mean he tony watsworth said in the in the panel that uh, cds still provide the lion's share of uh, music sales do you buy cds i do yeah uh, i really like it to um to have it like uh, not just just not the mp3 on the screen I don't know. I like I like the uh, the covers hmm. and to have it, you know, in my room to look at them and see. Yeah, I have that. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I like this that. feeling. Yeah. What 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 does a um, what does a music have to have for you to go and buy the CD instead of just getting the MP3? What what does the package have to have for you? Is there certain things you you look at? You like this is just plastic and more plastic. I don't need that. Oh, this one has a nice box. <laughs> No, I don't go. No, I don't go for the box only. But um, I don't know if I really like it, and if if I know, okay, I want to listen to it in ten years also, and I don't want to search like the oh, which hard disk it was. I don't remember. I formatted it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I I just grab it from the from from my room, and I have it, and I mm. can look at it. So yeah, I, I like it. I do have to say that that the 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 way it's 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 done is important for me personally. Mm. Like I couldn't care less for a CD that is just uh, this plastic cover and one page booklet and uh, the okay, CD. This, yeah. You know, so that that's just like here, take it. I throw <laughs> it at you, take it. And but then on the other side, there's those those things that have a handcrafted feel to it that make you want it. That you look at this and you like it folds and it's like you can you can play with it and throw it around and will fly around or yeah whatnot. it's a piece of art actually yeah. yeah and that is an important thing when when Tony Watchworth talked about things we want giving the consumer what they want and they want something to play with they want something that is beautiful and they don't want something that's just thrown out carelessly because it's a mass produced product yeah well concerning well, social well. media. Um, there was a panel called Twitter Talk Spot for Radio from uh, Dan Biddle, mm -hmm. who is head of broadcast partnership from Twitter in the UK. And um, he talked about how important Twitter is for, um, for radio stations. And he mentioned also that uh, the subjects like music um, for social media is like the most important thing because people can discuss about music, can share their emotions through music. They can say, oh, I love the song because I'm in this and that mood. Or just, uh, you know, you like it. I mean, we are sharing links so <laughs> so a lot too. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's just emotions that you share. And that's why social media uh, works with music very well. I couldn't have... Yeah, yes. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. But, you know, radio is still important for the music. Example given, the song we hear next uh, is not the song that made it in the top 10 lists, but another one. 
but the other one, which is called Thrift Shop, I can't hear it anymore. I'm I'm kind of over Thrift Shop by Macklemore, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like they used to be really against working with a record label. They didn't want that because it had for them the the uh, it was kind of this is the evil business. We don't want to work with the evil business. But they couldn't get on the radio, so they said, "Hey, Universal, maybe we give you a little bit of our profits and you put us on the radio." <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah." And so they went on the radio and they became the worldwide hit. And as I said, we're not going to play Thrift Shop because I'm tired of that song. Instead, we're going to play a little bit slower song and one that, uh, yeah, how would you describe it? What does it do? What does this song do to you? You just talked about emotions. What what does it? What does this one do? Um, what does one do? <laughs> um, <laughs> me personally, it yeah. makes me sad a bit, and yeah. I don't I don't want to do drugs anymore when I listen to <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, but uh, it, it's it's very deep. The lyrics are very deep, and um, yeah. you think about people uh, who. Yeah, who who went through this, and it's very uh, emotional. It's a great song. It shows what is possible with music. Yes. There's no sea left for me And how the sky gets heavy When you are underneath it Oh, I want to sail away from here And God, he came down, 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 and sailed down, 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 Asked him what he was sipping on Said lean You wanna hit a dog? That's the same stuff Wheezy sipping, huh? And tons of other rappers that be spitting hard Yeah, he had five a bone And when I pass him that styrofoam The Easter pink heard a rhyme before Finally got to see what all the hype was on And then he took a sip Sitting in the Lincoln Thinking it was pippin' as he listened to the system Little did he know that it was just as addictive as bass Not the kind of hit from the kick drum Hot box, let the bass bump Take it to the face, go Months later the use went up And every blunt was accompanied by the pink stuff But goddamn, he loved that feeling Purple rain coated in the throat, just so healing Medicine alleviate the sickness Liquid to fix him, it comes with the cost Wake up, cold sweat, scratching, itching Trying to escape the skin that barely fit him Gone, get another bottle just to get a couple swallows Headed towards the bottom, couldn't get off it Didn't even think he had a problem Though we couldn't sleep without getting nauseous Room spinning, thinking he might have sipped Just a little bit too much of that cough syrup His eyelids closed shut, sat back in the chair clutching that cup Girlfriend came in a couple hours later, said his name shook him but he never got up He never got up, he never got up We live on the cusp of death, thinking that it won't be us It won't be us, it won't be us It won't be us, nah, it won't be us Oh girl, this boat is sinking There's no sea left for me And how the sky gets heavy When you are underneath it Oh, I want to sail Came down, 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 
wanted to act like them He just wanted to rap like him us as rappers underestimate the power and the effects that we have on these kids Blunt past, ash in the tin, pack being pushed, harassed by the feds The fact of it is, most people that rap like this Talking about some shit they haven't lived Surprise, you know the drill Trapped in a box, decline record sales Follow the formula, violence, drugs, and sex sells So we try to sound like someone else This is not Californication There's no way to glorify this pavement Sir, Percocet in the eighth of day Will leave you broke, depressed, and emotionally vacant Despite how little weight Lives. It's not conducive to being creative And I know cause he's my favorite And I know cause I was off that same mix Rationalize the shit that I try After I listen to dedication But he's an alien I'd sit that shit pass out or play PlayStation Months later I'm in the same place No music made, feeling like a failure And trust me, it's not dope to be 25 And move back to your parents' basement I see my people's dreams die I see what they can be denied And weed's not a drug that's denial Ground Hog day life repeat each time I seen Oxycontin take three lives I grew up with them, we used to cheat dimes I seen cocaine bring out the demons inside Cheating in line, friendship cease, no peace in the mind Stealing to take anything to fix the pieces inside Broken, hopeless, headed nowhere Only motivation for what the dealer's supplying That rush, that drug, that dope those pills, that crumb, that roach Thinking I won't ever do that, not that drug Growing up, nobody ever does Until you're stuck, looking in the mirror Like I can't believe what i become Swore I was gonna be someone And growing up, everyone always does We sell our dreams and our potential To escape through that buzz Just keep me up, keep me up Hollywood, here we come Oh girl, this boat is sinking There's no sea left for me And how the sky gets heavy When you are underneath it Oh, I want to sail away from here And God, he came down and sound nothing Michael Moore and Ryan Lewis with Other Side from no not from the Heist but the Heist is their latest album and it's pretty damn good and you might just want to check it out <coughs> Excuse me. Next up is um, ah, <laughs> your favorite. I was, uh, my favorite. <laughs> uh, I was uh, pretty happy to be able to do that, and uh, I got to interview Robert Krowich, who is uh, the co-producer. I think you could say that of Radiolab, and Radiolab is a very fantastic radio podcast show thing about science and problems that move everyone. And um, yeah, here's a. Uh, Here's the first thing. First question is, of course, how, how in the world do you do this? How is it produced? How does Radiolab happen? Even though it feels very flowy, mm -hmm. it's a built flow. It's, it's actually manufactured. So you prepare everything in advance. Is every second planned or do well, you... we don't have a script because our competitor, This American Life, is entirely scripted. So we decided, well, we don't want to do that because we don't want to sound like them. Hmm. But the alternative to having a script is nothing short of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what we do is we go out and we get the tape mm -hmm. and we then choose tape cuts 
and we then lay them in an order, A, B, and C, and then we just talk between A and B, mm. and then between B and C. And then we listen, so we don't really know what we were saying there, so we go find someone else, then we re-talk it, adding in the someone else. Okay. And then we re-talk it again, because someone else has an objector who doesn't agree with someone else, so now we have three people. <laughs> then we do it again, just to make sure that we've got it all in order. Then mm -hmm. we do it again because we start subtracting things. Then we do it again because Jed doesn't think that the musicality is quite right. <laughs> and then we do it again sometimes with those other people because now they're supposed to say things like, oh, and, oh, and things just basically beats, which they find ridiculous. <laughs> and by the time we're done, like months have passed, but, uh, but we do get, in effect, an orchestral or a, or a finished musical piece, which is often how we think of it. Do you th still think of it as a radio show or is it an, a music piece for you by now? I, I don't know that those are mutually exclusive. That's I, true. I, I think what's happened to me, I can't say, because Jad is actually a musician, so mm. and, and a composer. So I, don't, I think he's had to learn the journalism and I've had to learn the music part. So that's the nature of the partnership. Under the, under the covers, yeah. so to speak. It, it's, it, and so, but we do often, when we're editing, he'll say, I just need more, you know, bum, 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 more pizzicato, think, phrases that are musical with mm -hmm. instructions. And I know exactly what he means. So, we both went to the same college which had a very large musical conservatory. Yeah. So, we're both very knowledgeable about that stuff, but I'm not a musician. In Radiolab, it's really the beauty business. We're trying to make something as beautiful as we can make it. And we don't really care about the cost, because we make so few of them. And we've just figured out a way to scramble our eggs. So there seems to be, although it took six years of production before we had enough in the can to even go on a regular radio program. Because a regular radio program would want to run it 52 times a year. That's how many weeks there are in a year. We had five when we started. That wasn't, you can't sell five anything. <laughs> five years to actually have something to sell. Mm. I, I know that wouldn't work in a normal business situation. If your job is to quickly tell people the truth, or what you believe is the truth, then there's lots of shorthand ways to do that, and one of them is to do it seriously. So people don't think about your credibility, mm. they believe in you or not. Yep. So we're in a luxurious position of, of thinking deep thoughts about big subjects. Now, we assume that nobody normal wants to go and think deep thoughts about subjects when they're not in school. And when you're out of school, you don't ever want to do it again, really. I mean, unless you want to, you know, dip into a book or something on your own time. Yeah. So, we decided that the only way to pull this off is to create a feeling of surprise and warmth and play that makes people just... almost doesn't matter what we're talking about. It's most important that people feel like, oh, they're okay, I like them. But we know that what we do wouldn't work if we told people what we were doing. How do you come up with the topics? Well, coming up with the topics is, for some reason, that was like, maybe I got it from my mother, but I, I, I don't have trouble starting things. Our trouble comes from seeing whether they, whether they gain weight. So, mm. like, for example, I've been interested in up and down for about a year. So at first I thought, well, like, I'm a cell when I'm born, when I'm conceived, then I'm two, Then I'm four, then I'm eight, then I'm 16, and so forth. And when does somebody say, I'll be the top, I'm going to be your head, and I'll be your foot? Like, when does that happen? And how does it happen? Huh. And so I found out about that. And that was actually very interesting. And then, I, and then I thought, well, now, then I found some astronauts and cosmonauts who were on the space station 
where the Russians, for some reason, didn't indicate what was the ceiling and what was the floor. So if you're for three months in a living establishment and you leave your towel in your bay and it's on the right, when you think about what the right means, right means you're standing there and you're saying on the right. But what if you're standing on the ceiling? Then the right would be the left. So people in outer space had a lot of trouble with ups and downs and rights and lefts and up everything. So we got a whole bunch of them in a room and they just began recalling all of the terrible, stupid mistakes they made. <laughs> so that was two, but that's just two. Yeah. So the next one we tried uh, was how do plants, it's like you put a seed of a plant in a pot, it's in the dark, so you have to put it in the soil. How does it know where the earth is and how does it know where the sky is? How does it tell up from there? And there's an answer to that too. Okay. But we couldn't find a person who was very good about it. And so, uh, and, and we also, Charles Darwin and his son ran some interesting tests. So we decided to build the machine that they ran in their house in England. And so we're in the middle of doing that. So that's a, that might take, before I can get everybody signed up for that, that might take a year or two. On the other hand, there are stories, we just did one coming up called Doubt. And that one happened in about a month. It's interesting when we take, uh, I like a day to prepare a radio show. Yeah. And they take six months. Yeah, that's quite a difference. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, they um, saying that they produce at a different quality would put us down, but they have a lot more. It's different. It's a very, very different thing to experience a radio lab show. And uh, it's great. Have you, have you by now listened to one? I mean, I've been preaching to you for like... <laughs> I don't know, a two month, months. <laughs> two months. No, not yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> How did you discover Radio Lab, by the way? It's very simple. We we got a printout of all the guests at the, ra at the Radio Days Europe. And it was like, this one sounds interesting. <laughs> and the next two days, I admit I didn't really work a lot. Mostly I listened <laughs> to Radio Lab episodes. Okay, I noticed <laughs> that. <laughs> you, you, Let you me take a note here. <laughs> <laughs> this will have consequences. <laughs> <laughs> I no. don't regret anything. <laughs> Nothing. So, next up, Krovich talks about the business side of the whole thing. He mentioned a little bit of it that it was kind of difficult to sell five shows because, you know, the year has 52 weeks. And if you have only five shows, no radio channel would, I guess, want your show. But after six years, they were uh, able to provide enough shows to fill a year. And uh, you can listen to them on about, I think, 400 radio channels throughout the US, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. It's not that bad, you know. And also you can go to the website, radiolab.org, but most likely, hopefully, you already know that. Do you have a master plan, a thing where you want to be, or just going into the wild yeah, west and seeing where it goes? Yeah, it's a little hard to have a master plan. The technology is changing so fast that anything, any plan you make is based on false information because there's going to be a new machine. And I am very aware that the machines that are coming along, things you wear on your wrist, uh, sunglasses, things like that, can now be places where you can listen to stuff and you can see stuff in the corner of your eye. Mm -hmm. And when, when you can switch from the sound to the picture with a muscle twitch, like a thumb, Twitch, then people might find it very normal to go from listening to looking to listening, or to reading to looking to listening to looking. And once that happens, once you're just getting that fluent, you'd better be there with things in all those categories. 
Now, maybe nobody can do that. Maybe those are such different skills. Um, I've been in television for 25 years and in radio for all that same time. So I, I don't have a problem going from sight to sound, and I'm also written. But when I hire, I hire people who do, uh, you have to be able to report. You also have to be able to either design or draw or shoot something with a video or play music yeah. or you must speak several languages. You must have something else. The love of an audience is also the love of a routine. The audience comes to expect certain things and likes to hear those things over and over again. That's what we are today. We are that part of their life or that part of their day. So if you vary it, they get offended and they yeah. want you to go back to what's normal for them because that's why they chose you. That's nice, because that's what, of course, you want to have happen. You want them to come to you regularly. But it's also a prison. Mm. So you also have to let the audience have a failure. And you're their failure. You failed them. And you have to say to them, no, we have to do this to you. Now, that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah, I can see that. Because they have really owe us nothing. <laughs> when you become a success, which we now are, you become a commodity, and people are allowed to get angry at you to be furious and allowed to say that you failed them and you're don't be too terrified by that because one of your jobs is not to be predictable and one of the results of that is they're very disappointed and one of the results of that is they're going to yell at you and one of the results of that is you're going to feel bad and then you're going to want to do what they want you to do but you don't want to do that you want to seriously explore everything you can and you don't make rules for yourself if you don't have to yeah you have to be willing to say who's boss. In yeah. this case, we want to be the storytellers and we want you to be the story listeners and appreciators and co-authors, but it's pretty much on our terms. We're not Democrats, ultimately. Mm. I think that's a very important thing to put in the back of your head when you enjoy anything in any medium, is that they are boss and uh, they don't owe you anything, you don't owe them anything either, but they are the boss and they're most likely Unless they're doing a crowdfunded democratic uh, TV show where everyone who participates can participate, um, they're they don't have to listen to what you say, and they're most likely going to be uh, annoyed if you ask the same questions over and over again. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the radio days, and you could hear them in the background yeah. of this fantastic interview. Uh, all the noises and stuff. Yeah, we have been in, in front of one exit of the main hall. Yes. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> quite noisy, but <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> uh, so maybe not a thing we should we should um, boast about. Oh, okay. We'll be like, yeah, we set up our recording space right in front of all the people so that you could listen to everything we provide in perfect audio quality. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> the event radio. <laughs> That's a quite good ad, actually. Yeah, well, I'm working yeah. on it. I'm working yeah. on it. Produce something, I will listen to it, and I think we might... Uh, we, we might have a hit on our yeah. hands. <laughs> all right. I'm Robert Krolwich of Radio Lab, and you're listening to Radio Alex. I am all that I am. I never tried to be a boy. And yet this seems too much for me, too fun, too high, too soon. It's just not my day. I'd rather take freedom. 
the young is our next big topic and uh, Ben Cooper controller of the BBC Radio 1 and BBC One Extra was talking about it on uh, Monday in the Kuppelsaal, the main hall and um, he asked questions like uh, why do people listen to radio if there are so many other possibilities for the audience and how do you reach your young audience 
But uh, before we answer such questions, uh, let himself answer the question, who the heck is Ben Cooper? Hello. I love my job. I do. Uh, I get to do some amazing things in my job. I uh, can see the amazing pop stars of the day from side of stage at live events, or I can meet famous people uh, now and again when they come in for uh, interviews. But one of the things that I dreamt of as a boy was going to a film premiere. And I got tickets to a film premiere once, and I was so excited. I got dressed, I was looking good, I was thinking, yeah, get a car down to the premiere, that would be brilliant. And I still don't know from this day how the taxi driver took the wrong turning and ended up in a queue of cars for the red carpet. Imagine my shock when two cars ahead of me, I see the car stop, the doors open, celebrities and stars get out, the crowd roars and claps, the photographs, all the flash guns are going off, and signatures are being got. The next car moves forward, the same thing happens, doors open, the crowd screams and shouts, the cameras are going off, more autographs are being got. My car gets to the red carpet, the doors open, I get out. There is silence. <laughs> no cameras go off. And I look into the crowd, and a teenage girl looks with a horrified face and just goes, who the hell are you? <laughs> so for that girl and for anyone else, uh, hello, my name is Ben Cooper, and I'm controller of Radio One and One Extra. It's been a busy year. Um, as Paul said, I've changed the breakfast show. I've put on a live event for 100,000 people uh, with Jay-Z and Rihanna uh, headlining. And also, we've had to not only try and get younger, but we've had to do that by losing 20% of our money and also our staff. And I'll tell you that story over the next sort of half an hour. But it has been fun. So he set the average age of the audience from 33, 33 to 32, which doesn't seem that much, actually, because it's just one year. But I think um, uh, it's very important because it's the average. You have to see it in the relation, I think. And uh, so which methods did he use? And... Um, He analyzed the audience and said there are different types of, uh, of audience or persons who listen to radio. And he, he wanted the audience to be like between 15 and 25. So he still has to do some, uh, some work. Some I hard think. work. Yeah, some hard work. Yeah. And um, let's just listen to um, the trendy adults. So the first thing we did was to look at the audience and the makeup of the audience. And we decided that we would find out a little bit more, find out what the solution or the problems could be. So the first bit of the audience that we identified as being a bit of a slight issue was the trendy adults. The trendy adults who, like me, refuse to grow old. They're the, the festival mums and dads, as I like to call them. 
They've been to festivals, and my God, my kids are going to enjoy it with me as well. So come on, family, we're all going to a festival. So um, we did some various things uh, to try to tackle the, the issue of the fact that people wouldn't stop listening to our radio station. Not an issue you hear a lot in a conference, is it? But I had this issue of how do you move trendy adults onto other BBC services like Radio 2 or Six Music. And we did it in three ways. We tackled the schedule, the issue of the schedule, and we decided that we would get a new generation of presenters for a new generation of listeners, which meant removing the breakfast show presenter who had been on for eight and a half years, a guy called Chris Moyles, who you might have heard of. Um, we looked at our music policy, and we stopped playing certain artists. So we got into the national newspapers by stopping playing Robbie Williams. And we also put on some events, like the ones that you saw in the, vi the video. We put on uh, an event at Hackney for 100,000 young people in the Olympic year, over two days. We put on something called the Teen Awards, which again you've just seen in the video. And we also did some under 18 events as well. So again, just trying to give that impression, if you are listening and you are maybe 42, like me, it's probably not the radio station for you. Yeah. Do you have festival parents? <laughs> no. And I might admit sometimes I regret. I <laughs> well, that just one that is just one part of the audience. Do you have some? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but I prefer to go alone, I think. Anyway. No, that's kind of sad. <laughs> No, I mean alone with <laughs> friends. Not with oh, Leila, you got it wrong, damn it. Okay, what, what did so, you want to say? Uh, yeah, well, that, this is the trendy um, adults part. And now the much uh, more interesting, I think, the smartphone generation. We also identified another set of audience that you are probably very familiar with, and that is the smartphone generation. So we did some research and found out that of the 15 to 24-year-old audience, mobile penetration of that audience was 107%. So obviously some have got two mobiles. But we realized that every single young person has got a mobile phone in their pocket. And that is something that is a bit of a danger to our radio listening. So we, again, looked at some themes, we looked at some issues, and we said, right, what are they doing with that phone? What time are they spending on their phone? And we found out that what a surprise, they are looking at Twitter, they are looking at Facebook, and they are also watching videos on YouTube. So we decided that we have to be in that space if we are to attract younger audiences. We have to be where they are. So we uh, devised the strategy of listen. Obviously, we're a radio station. It's the train that pulls the carriages. That's what we do. Uh, we also said, well, watch. A lot of people wanting to watch great content. When you've heard that interview or you've heard that band perform, you go, actually, I want to see that. So watch. And of course, if it's great, if it's LOL or OMG, you want to share it, OK? So uh, we uh, said, right, th that's our strategy for the la uh, last year, is listen, watch, share. And any content that people make, that needs to be how you think about it. What are you going to do for listen? What are you going to do for watch? And what are you going to do for share? Um, which then leads you to a question which keeps you up at night, which is, OK, if every young person's got a mobile phone in their pocket, 
What does radio look like on a screen? You know, I was brought up um, with my career of people sort of saying things like, you know, oh, best pictures are on radio. Or uh, the number of conferences I've been to with video killed the radio star. The number of conferences I've been to that I do not want to go to anymore. So the, this issue of what does a radio station look like on your mobile phone became our obsession at Radio 1. But this idea that visualization of radio is going to actually be TV we need to just say, no, that is not the case. Visualized radio is radio on a screen. And that can come in many forms. It can be the website, which updates and tells you what tracks are being played at the time. It might be a fully-fledged TV program, TV offering of maybe some event that you're doing, like the Teen Awards. Or it might be just that moment where you just really want to be nosy and you want to see whether that Hollywood film star really looks good at quarter past eight in the morning. So listen, watch and share. So um, the smartphone generation, do you have a smartphone? Nope. I have a phone with buttons, <laughs> a mobile phone with buttons. I know they're almost dead. Yeah. No, it's not a BlackBerry. It's not a smartphone with buttons. It's a good old phone that I don't know if, I don't know if it can even go into the internet. Yeah, well, if you don't need it, it's, it's not unnecessary. I think. At the same time, it's like it has this tiny, tiny screen. Mm. I don't think it would be fun either. Yeah. Like I saw someone yesterday who had like this, this kind of, this really tiny phone and she went to Facebook with it. I was like, oh, that's not worth it. <laughs> that's not worth <laughs> what those do you see, nine cents you pay a minute to go to <laughs> Facebook <laughs> with that tiny little, oh, whatnot. Whatever. But, I mean, I can. I think I can listen to radio with my phone. But uh, there's this. Uh, it needs a certain certain uh, kind of headphones that I don't have. Yeah. Yep. Certain adapter and stuff, which is annoying, but uh, can't be can't be helped. Mm -hmm. Do you have a smartphone? Um, I have, but I don't have internet access. So smart. I smart. Yeah. Smart. 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 Well, it's actually very old. I think it um, wouldn't be that much fun to go to the internet with it. So. <laughs> no, I'm saying smart because then you actually talk to people and just, yeah. just sit there and have it open. I, yeah. Or listen to BBC One. Or listen to uh, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. That is possible as well. If you, if you don't remember, rightly, this is, uh, we are currently at uh, Alex, which is a public access channel in Berlin. And um, this is uh, our little wrap-up. Uh, towards the radio shows, r radio days, not radio shows, radio days. And uh, we're talking about uh, Ben Cooper and how to reach the young. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting to talk about um, what can radio look like on a screen, as he mentioned. So uh, we are surrounded by so many screens daily. Yes. Not here, actually, in this room <laughs> in our radio just studio. Say, yeah. Just one here. No. No, I mean, he ta he's talking about uh, the smartphones, the TVs, the screens, and so on, the iPads and whatever. And yes. I think... Um, iPads have tried to replace cameras. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think radio can gain a lot through the screens because um, there can be websites, of course, and you can look up what tracks are played and so on. But I think it's more important, for example, when you have news on the radio and then you go online and you can listen or 
read um, the background story to the news because the news is just, uh, let's say, two or three minutes. Yeah. And yeah. you can have additional content on the screen. So you listen to it and say, oh, yeah, I just want to hear more about it. And the background behind the story and you just click or go with your smartphone on the website from the radio station. And there you get um, further explanation of what's going on. That could be possible. It's true. I, yeah. I have the feeling that all that uh, on screen thing could be just a reason for people to get distracted and not listen to it anymore. Because uh, I it, I see how how it it would um, make the experience better mm -hmm. in some ways because it it sends you to different places it do yeah. it does what what it's supposed to do and that it shows you things and it shows you the way to other things but by showing you directly on the screen on the web browser how to go somewhere else does not keep you at the website of the radio show mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah like we'll send you away on purpose which. It depends on where it sends you. But if it sends you somewhere else where you can listen to something, where you can watch something, which is almost every website yeah. on the face of the planet, then you might stop listening to the radio and instead listen to whatever you were sent to, to look at. Or you can do additional podcasts instead of reading. So it has the brand of the radio, yeah. the jingles, maybe the host even. Um, They're going to figure it out. It's yeah. not our <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think um, I think what what works too is like this life life character, like yeah. when you're sitting live in the studio and there are cameras and you want to see the host talking, you can. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be seen. <laughs> no, but uh, also when you have bands or something, like yes. and they're doing an acoustic set or playing their new yeah. song. I mean, it's amazing when you can see them actually doing it in the radio studio, and that's live. So that's pretty cool. That yeah. He talked about uh, TV screens yeah. replacing radio. Yeah. Can you imagine that happening? No. Let's see what he says. Um, ben, you, you talked about um, the profile of um, phone and PC use during the day and a typical Radio 1 listener, and also about losing listening at home. Um, a, a piece of work out today, um, organized by the TV Licensing Telescope Survey, suggests that With more screens in the house, TV viewings increase in the UK from 3 hours 36 minutes in 2006 to 4 hours 2 minutes in 2012. So is it inevitable that young people are going to listen to less radio in the home? I think it is at the moment, but I think we have uh, a trick up our sleeves as radio uh, professionals, and that is the arrival of IPTV. And I believe when IPTV becomes more prevalent in the home, that we can innovate and design a way of our radio stations looking amazing on a screen. Because I think what has happened uh, with the TV in the home, that it has replaced the radio for that background noise. So often you just, you know, when I was growing up, you just put the radio on yeah. and it fills, fills the room. I think most uh, young people now have been brought up, certainly in the UK, with over a decade of children's television which is always there and always on. Um, and I think it is that, that just a natural reaction uh, to put the TV on to fill that space. And I think that is an opportunity for us. It's a threat, but I think once IPTV comes along, uh, we will be able to come up with creative ideas that make that screen look engaging enough for young audiences. It's going to be weird when the, when the TV screen is, becomes so engaging that it combines everything in itself. 
So yeah. I still think of the TV as a kind of a time sink. But you can't just grab it under your arm and walk away. So Well, there will be TVs for yeah. you. <laughs> there are actually. My grandpa had one of those. We used to watch the Tour de France when we went into... Um, really? Yeah. Just this, this tiny little <laughs> box with really bad reception <laughs> and really bad picture. But, yeah. but it works. Um, I'd like to mention that um, the brand is very important. And he said the time the audience uh, doesn't spend... Um, on listening to the radio station, they um, they go to the Facebook side or to the Twitter um, or to Twitter. So they are still in connection with the radio station, even though they don't really t uh, tune in. Yeah. So they spend the time with the brand also on Facebook and Twitter, which is very important for the young audience as everyone or maybe like, no, he said 107 percent. <laughs> Uh, actually have a smartphone so sometimes they have two so it's a lot one of for possibilities and one for twitter yeah yeah you gotta stay <laughs> on top of everything yeah uh, he also talked about the value of a young young active audience my thought is mostly like i guess the young audience still has money which is why they are important yeah just kind of sad but uh let's listen to that mm -hmm. We did uh, three things to make sure that we were in constant contact with our audiences. First thing we did was called a uh, Radio One Big Conversation, where we invited uh, 100 young people um, to come and talk with some influential adults, which included politicians, it included entrepreneurs, it included some uh, social action workers, and we all got together in a room. Uh, it was City Hall in London. Uh, and we had a big debate for the whole day about the issues facing young people. And that informed all of our social action broadcasting that we do. We also sent our producers out of London, outside of the M25, the big motorway that goes around London. We sent them outside there because we believe London is a different country to the rest of the UK. And they met young people, spent a day with them, and try to learn about what they were getting up to with the technology that they had. And here you go, look, you've got three uh, young teenage girls. One has seven screens available to her in her house, one has 10, one has 15 screens available in her house. And the work that we did, looking at um, that time lost, listening to Radio One, we're doing okay in cars, we're holding steady in cars, we're holding steady at college and at work. The big drop, is in the home. And it's no surprise, is it, if we're up against 15 screens at home. And finally, we also brought some young people into our station. We had a internship uh, where we brought in uh, four people to come in and sit in our creative meetings, our editorial meetings, and they're a bit shy at first, but soon you realize that you could see by their face whether they thought it was a good idea or not. Um, and so they came in, and uh, the way that we got them was different as well. I think it's an important point, this. They did not have to fill in a CV. They did not fill in an application form. They had to upload some creative content that they'd either put on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. And that's how we selected those four people. So being close to your audience is, I think, vital going forward. And also, The other thing which I think is vital is doing what you do well. 
and not trying to diversify as much as possible. I think actually being that kind of Socrates person in the meeting or my daughter, who's five, and asking why, 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 will get you to the nub of what you are trying to do as a brand. And with, certainly with Radio 1 and 1 Extra, I think it still remains to this day. It was good enough in 1922, but I think it's still good enough today that we inform people of new music, we educate them through social action work, and we entertain them with the most diverse set of presenters that you can put in your schedule. So I think it's those key things, making sure you keep in touch with your audience and make sure you know what they are doing, how they are using your brand, how they're spending time with your brand, making sure you know why you exist. What is your purpose in life? How do you enrich your customers' or your listeners' lives? And the third thing, and final thing, which I will leave you with, is about um, innovation. At Radio One's big weekend at Hackney, we had many stars appear on stage. You know, we organized for the helicopter to land uh, behind stage for Jay-Z and make sure that we had the right Mercedes-Benz to take him the 300 yards from the helicopter to the backstage. We also had Nicki Minaj there. Now, Nicki Minaj wanted in her uh, changing room it to be all white. Bit difficult in a muddy field, but we managed it. We put up white sheeting and drapes and we made it all white. She also wanted it to be a certain temperature. Again, difficult in a wide, open, muddy field, but we did it. She also wanted it to smell of vanilla. <laughs> so we burnt candles and made it smell of vanilla. The morning came, and I am standing by her changing room, and I kid you not, the record company said to me, Really, really very sorry. Thank you for doing all the things. It smells lovely. It's nice and cozy. It's white. Brilliant. Thank you. Really good. Um, the grass outside the changing room is, is too long. Um, have you got any strimmer? No. Haven't got a strimmer. Haven't got a lawnmower. I had visions of people trying to find scissors on their hands and knees, cutting the grass. Luckily, we innovated, we improvised, and we put down some matting so that there was no grass outside the changing room. But Nicki Minaj and her demands are very much like your audience. Your audience is going to demand more and more things from you as a radio station or as a brand. They are going to become more and more demanding. And I think the true way of winning audiences and retaining audiences in the future is to innovate, innovate, and innovate. I wish you all the best of luck in your journey. Thank you. Me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone. Could you use a little company? If you pay the right price, your evening will be nice and you can go and send me on my way. I said, You're such a sweet young thing. Oh, 
how you do this to yourself She looked at me and this is what she said Oh, there ain't no rest for the wicked Money don't grow on trees I got bills to pay, I got mouths to feed It ain't nothing in this world for free Oh no, I can't slow down, I can't hold back Though you know I wish I could Oh no, there ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good for the wicked by cage the elephant we are closing out this one slowly but surely and we will leave you with uh, all in all 10 ideas to yeah 10 innovative ideas by two very nice people i think they, they seem to be nice yeah i, I think have so the too. impression that they were nice tell me about that panel natalie yeah, uh, Tuesday there was a panel in the main hall called 25 Ideas in 45 Minutes and um, five uh, radio professionals give, uh, or gave useful ideas to the future of your radio station and there were, for example, Craig Bruce from Australia, David G. Hall, radio strategist from Los Angeles, Linia Faraguna Pop, Difficult name <laughs> from uh, Slovenia and uh, Thomas Granrud from um, the Sweden. Sweden, Sweden, yeah, Sweden. he's from Sweden. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he says that as well. Yeah, so they uh, they talked about ideas and they had just six minutes, I think, and they had the possibility to present five ideas very, very quickly. And now we're going to listen to David G. Hall uh, from Los Angeles. Okay, hello everybody. Uh, let me introduce myself just for a moment. David G. Hall, uh, a lot of experience in talk radio, some experience in music radio. Programmed um, big radio stations and markets with a lot of competition for 25 years. Sometimes I had up to seven competitors. 
Um, I've been consulting now for about 20 years. I did both programming and consulting for, for a long time. And I, I, let me just say, just on a personal note, what a great thing it is to be here and to see all of you, and uh, personally in my work, to work with so many different people and languages and countries, and it's very cool. All right, my ideas. First of all, the audience has an audience. I think to a person in this room, all of us grew up in a radio where it was just us in a tiny little comfortable safe room and a million people out there. Or as I learned from the energy presentation on this stage just before we got here, nine million people out there. But either way, uh, these days it's just not like that. These days, thanks to Facebook and Twitter, your audience has an audience. The average person on Facebook has an average of between four and 500 friends on Facebook. So when, you, when they call you on, to your radio station, it's still just that one-on-one -on -one or one-to-a-million relationship. When they come to your website, same thing. When they come to your Facebook page and share that and comment on it, it's them and you times 500 of their friends plus a few of their closest friends. So you really have to think about maximizing Facebook. You really have to think about sharing. One of the things I've learned about using Facebook is, and even Twitter, but really Facebook, you can't promote on it. It never works when you say, hey, tomorrow morning on my show, we've got great people news. Nobody cares. The thing is to do great content, then put it on Facebook, put your greatest hits on Facebook, then go on the radio, and instead of saying, hey, go like our Facebook page or go share our Facebook page, go on the radio and say, we took this amazing picture. You're not gonna believe this video that we got on the street this morning with our guy. You, we put it up on Facebook so you could show it to all your friends. And one other quick note about Facebook that's important is uh, uh, to uh, make sure that you focus on the shares and the comments, not the likes. When you're looking at, the, at your main fan page and you see those two numbers, how many people like your page and how many people are talking about your page, you want the talking about number to be about a third of the total likes at any time. And that's very important. How am I doing on time? Uh, two and a half minutes gone already. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Say, say what people are thinking but not saying. All of us, to some extent, are politically correct. A very good communicator on the radio always says what people are thinking but they just are too afraid to say. All of the really greatest ones, the top communicators, the top presenters, it doesn't matter what format, what country, what culture, are able to do that consistently every morning, every day in their show. Device does not really matter, brand does. Television learned this actually like 40 years ago when television got into the cable business. Uh, I had an experience not long ago where I went, down, I went to a local television station in Los Angeles where I live and said to my counterpart, the program director, if you guys turned off your transmitter, just turned it off, took the tower down off the top of the mountain, how much of a hit would you take to your audience? And the guy said, oh, 10%. Only 10% of the people who use television in that market, Los Angeles, 14 million people, actually watch it through rabbit ears. They already realize it do, a TV transmitter means very little to them. And I think in radio, we need to do the same thing. It doesn't matter if my radio station comes out of this, or this, or that, or a radio in the car. And in fact, in my car, I listen to radio from all over the world through my iPhone and Bluetooth, just like it's local radio. It just doesn't matter anymore. Get to the good stuff in the first 30 seconds. This is important if you're a host or a presenter on the radio. Uh, way too many presenters waste way too much listener time by saying, oh, hey, good morning, thank you for being here. 
here's my fax number, I'm on Twitter, uh, it's a great morning today, it looks like it might be snowing here in Berlin. Just get to the good stuff. Just last week, I was listening to a, one of my client radio stations, Voltage in Paris, morning show. They have a benchmark uh, for people news. So instead of saying, all right, here we go, it's time for people news, blah, 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 they just start with, oh my God, I saw Brad Pitt walking down the street the other day, and he did not have an entourage, just walking down the street. And that gets into the segment. So one of the things I tell my clients is, don't announce, do. Just start straight with the content and hook people in that first 30 seconds, and they'll stay with you for the rest of your segment. Finally, stay curious and stay humorous. You have to have a sense of humor. You, you cannot take yourself too seriously. And you just have to stay curious. All of us, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for myself and maybe it's a little schizophrenia, I don't know. We all have a little voice in our head and that little voice asks questions and all of us have fear about expressing those questions. We're afraid it's a dumb question or a stupid question, whatever. People aren't gonna like it. Those questions that the little voice in your head asks those are the questions that go on to become great shows, and if you're really lucky and you really take them one step further, some of the proudest moments in your career. So please, stay curious and always stay humorous and funny and do not take yourself too seriously on the radio. I think that's it. The next person's telling his five ideas doesn't take himself too seriously either. I have the feeling he does it in a very humorous way. And this is, his name's Thomas, he's from Sweden, and here are his five ideas. Hi, my name is Thomas, I'm from Sweden, and this is what I'm going to speak about. Why not run a channel like Viktor Tichonov? Do you know Viktor Tichonov? No. no, I'm from Sweden. Hockey is a really big thing uh, in Sweden. But the problem is that I really don't know a shit about hockey. But I remember Viktor Tichonov, he was that legendary ice hockey Soviet uh, uh, coach. He was like a dictator, he was a general. He put his player into a, a camp for 10 months, they were not allowed to go anywhere. He was the brains of the team. And I think that Viktor Tichonov is probably the antithesis of a good leader. <laughs> Whatever he did was wrong, and I'm going to try to prove it in five points. So, how not to run a channel like Viktor Tichonov. I, I didn't know him, but I think that one word that he would use a lot is this. <laughs> and I think a lot of you uses the word no. And I think a lot of you thinks that no is a little bit better than yes, because no is meaning that you are firm and you're strict and you know what you're doing. But no is actually not that good. No is death. Yes is life. Yes is debate. Yes is great ideas and great persons. No, please don't, okay? The second thing that Viktor Tichonov did, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> if I look here, well, it's about the same. You have to go 50-50. Not 40-60, you have to go 50-50, okay? The best, story the best storytellers, <laughs> not guides, it shouldn't be the girls who are applauding, it should be the guys who are applauding, okay? The best storytellers on my radio channel are girls. The most interesting stories are told by girls. So, please, be better. Don't go Tishonov on me. 
And if you have a problem, if you think it's harder, it takes longer time, <coughs> do it. Just do it, okay? Let's isolate. Let's put the guys in a camp for 10 months. Very bad idea. We are not the center of universe. We have to collaborate. Who is the biggest competitor that you have? What happens if you collaborate with them? If you try to put everything in your little, little box, you will be dead. This one is a bit tricky. Uh, they were actually soldiers, the Soviet uh, hockey guys. I didn't know that. Let's not pretend that we're cosmonauts, and cosmonauts are television, by the way. Let's pretend that we're radio. We are radio, we do radio. Let's focus on content and storytelling, not about all that other stuff. Let's do content and storytelling really, really, really good. Let's not try to be cosmonauts. And the fifth point, this is my favorite, actually. Winning is about beating your opponent. It's not about beating your opponents. Let's stop trying to find a just. Let's stop trying to, if we do 10 seconds instead of eight seconds, and perhaps we do the commercials there instead of there. That's not how you do great content. Great content you make if you're really unique, if you dare, if you say yes, then you will have a winning situation. Don't do it by comparing it to your opponent. So what will we learn about this? There's a problem with this story. He was quite successful. <laughs> but he failed against Sweden in 1987. <laughs> it adds to the experience when you hear the co- or the moderators, the hosts laughing. Yeah, sorry, I, I forgot that the <laughs> microphone is on, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, this is the last segment, the very, very last, in which we kind of uh, look back on the radio days. And uh, I can say that I enjoyed them very much. It was, I was really tired afterwards. I was yeah, me too. done uh, with everything, basically. <laughs> but it was a really nice experience. It was, there were a lot of nice people, although due to the fact that, due to the kind of work we did there, we didn't really get into contact with that many people, aside from the fact that I felt very young when I was there, but I didn't say that. And um, it was cool. It was a really nice experience. Yeah, it was kind of impressive to see over a thousand people or radio professionals working in this business together and see how, how they're happy they are to see each other again. <laughs> like, oh my God, how are you? I haven't seen you so long. And so that's yeah. a very nice atmosphere yeah. and really relaxed and uh, great panels, great speakers. Yeah, it was very, very nice. The only bummer would be that I get, didn't get to see all the panels I wanted yeah, to see. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But luckily we, the radio people, have our sources. <laughs> and um, that I wish I could have learned more mm, practical things, like mm. the panel that David G. Hall did. We heard his five ideas. That was kind of a short thing of what he said in his panel mm. about how to do good talk radio and all that. And it was really cool. And I, I kind of, like, there were workshops in the beginning before the, yeah, the radio Sunday. days on Sunday. Yeah. They were only for, for people who, who bought a badge. And um, I wish there would have been more workshops, more places to really get your hands on something and really learn mm. something. 
But I guess that wasn't the goal of the conference. That wasn't why we went there. It was just me personally who still has a lot to learn, obviously. Um, can could have could have learned a lot. More. <laughs> <laughs> it would be cool. Yeah, oh. that's that's right. That's the one thing. I had a highlight, and um, it was uh, the panel Lenny Gaga and Beryl and Betty. Well, it was more Beryl and Betty than <laughs> Lenny Gaga, I have to admit. Uh, and it was David Rees who gave um, a short um, sum up of the project he's he's done. He's a producer at the BBC, BBC Radio Humberside in the UK, And he uh, just invited two ladies aged uh, 86 and 90. And he basically talked to them on his show. And he uh, he made the audience listen some clips yeah. in the Kuppelsaal, in the main hall. And it was so much fun to listen to it because <laughs> these old ladies are so gorgeous. You just have to listen to this panel Um It's really, really great. And uh, they talk, so one was, uh, I ne will never forget it. He asked one of them, he asks one of them, uh, what have you seen in TV last week? And Beryl or Betty, I don't remember which one said, oh, I don't know, I fell asleep. <laughs> it was so cute to hear it. It's uh, really amazing. Yeah, that was uh, my highlight. Your highlight? Mm. What was my highlight? I can't. I couldn't. Couldn't point it out right now. Yeah. In in retrospect, I think my my highlight was the the interview with Robert Krovich. Yeah, um, you took like half an hour sitting there yes, talking to him. Yes, and other people were waiting to interview him as well. <laughs> I did not let go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I hope you didn't fall asleep in the past hour and a half or something like that. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, my name is Lele. I was joined by the wonderful Natalie. Thank you very much. And uh, we are from Alex, the um, public access channel in Berlin, Germany. Um, I hope our accents didn't uh, destroy your listening experience. <laughs> and we say good night and good luck or whatever else, wherever, what time you are, what place, what space. Um, yes. This last song is called Lady Brown. It's by a Japanese hip-hop producer who does not live anymore. But nonetheless, it's amazing. And I wish you great everything. Yeah, me too. Bye-bye. Bye. Crush a cold to a diamond, eyes forever shining. Your beauty alone inspired a nigga to rhyme it. Thinking of the better things in life. Thinking of how I could persuade you to become a wife. Hand in hand as we flip over tropical sands. You're my lady, I'm your man, so let's further advance to the next scene. Be sleeping next to you, resting. You're the personification of all God's blessings. Coming to me in just one physical being. One physical dream that I want to redeem. Your voluptuous sweet caramel brown honey. Satin skin smooth to the touch, what a nigga do so sensual. Her smile like a chemical extract of perfection, rare minerals. She smell like a happy birthday on a Thursday. Quiet time, love, sleep in, awake early. Honey brown with the long black hair, teasing me with the kiss and the stare. Slight touch and you taking me there. So fine and it just ain't fair. So beautiful and so damn rare. She's angelic and energetic, using sex as a weapon. I reckon that I confess in the body is just depressing from God down to earth. She needs to be in the church to prove we didn't spawn from fish with God's work. Hurts to see a glow, cause her body proposed. Secrets untold, value like platinum and gold. But she is the key to open my mind and see the energy that radiates from the gates of heavenly bliss.
I reminisce over touching the kiss. Why you fucking the bitch? I'm gonna make none of my miss. Never scandalous, it's unanimous. Now that you are handling lights off and kindling moves are glamorous. So I call you love sexual, you look edible. Parallel, snuggle up, close, intellectual. And it rhyme and move, but you a rap hairdo. No makeup, but jeans, short, scoop, and toe shoe. I wanna hold you, mold your soul, I will hold you, know you. Better than myself, never hold you, but keep you. Never leave you, I beseech you. God's gift of man is you wearing a see-through. Riding sea-dues in Atlantic Ocean, causing commotion. Lay you down, going through the motions. Keep the skin soft, lotions got me coasting. Down pretty round, brown thighs and get a slow lady brown with the long black hair. Teasing me with the kiss and the stare. Slight touch and you're taking me there. So fine and it just ain't fair. So beautiful and so damn rare. Look at this agreeable delight, life, 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 unforgettable, so sweet you may be edible. She's she a pedestal, a step out of heaven, you ready, boo? Never hypothetical, you facts, 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 facts. Fuck theatrical, baby girl, because you're actual. Physically, your chemistry is so mathematical. How to use academics to define your spirit. You lifted my limits, your name off of my tongue is a lyric. She's a compilation of my mind's representation of a representative, representing an excellent revelation of time and dedication. Never impatient, she know the deal. Herself to me, so I can see a heavenly ways, a heavenly gaze, and plus I know her that she hasn't asked for days. Okay. So as we lay, I reminisce on the day that we met. Please, God, never let me forget.